your favorite podcast, and it is a special, special evening tonight. I'm excited about what we're going to talk about, but before we get into it, my name is Mark M.F. Jones, and I am so happy to be talking about this subject with my best buddy. Why don't you introduce yourself, sir? This is Niels R.Y., a.k.a. Bread Makes You Fat? Mark, I'm so hyped. You know how much I love this property. Yes. You know how much I love this universe. This is a staple in the story of our friendship. This has a chapter. This entire series has a chapter in the story of our friendship. So, yeah, this is is an exciting, exciting moment in the history of pop cult that we're going to finally get to talk about Scott Pilgrim, or at least an aspect of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as Nell said, we are talking about Scott Pilgrim, the show, the video game, the books, the movie, the the IP. And the reason why we're talking about it is because Netflix just released its anime series, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. Takes Off. And we were like, hey, we've been trying to talk about Scott Pilgrim. We've been trying to fit this this movie in, this comic book in, this game in. And we just felt like this was the best time to do it. So we're going to do... A couple things. We're going to talk about just Scott Pilgrim as a whole. We're going to talk about this new Netflix show, what it means to us, and we're just going to get right into it. All right. So, Mark, I'll give a quick breakdown just on like some super quick history because we got plenty to talk about. So as Mark shared, uh, Scott Pilgrim is is interpreted through a multiple mediums. But the origination of Scott Pilgrim is a graphic novel series that came out between 2004 to 2010. Written by Brian Lee O'Malley. And yes, in case you are wondering, he is actually Canadian. He is from, he lives in Toronto, or I guess he, when he was making these books, he lived in Toronto. And so that's why Toronto is such a, a big character. While he was writing the graphic novels, the graphic novels were doing so well, sold millions of copies. He won awards, writing awards for this. The movie company was like, yo, we got to make a movie on Scott Pilgrim. And they hire Edgar Wright to make a movie that came out in 2010. And Mark, I'm going to talk about the cast for a bit, but like I just wanted to name in, in case you wanted to say anything. Wright is probably the best director for this kind of property. Like they yeah. they knocked it out the park and getting that kind of guy for this kind of IP. His movies all seem like they're video games anyway. And in themselves, like you have to suspend belief when you watch an Edgar Wright movie. So, like, we're talking about your Shaun's of the Deads, your Hot Fuzz. You have to, like, there's just, like, a, he, a, a weirdness a of the world. A con- he, he has he a makes. kineticism about his filmmaking. And and I, I'm just going to talk a little bit because I have so much to talk about Edgar Wright. Yeah, he just has a flow, his editing. Here's one thing, and I'll just leave it at this and we can move on. One thing I realized, because I rewatched the movie also for this, this mm-hmm. podcast. Edgar Wright he shoots jokes to be set up and have punchlines, right? What we get now in movies and comedy, they just point a camera at people and they're like, all right, improvise, say something silly, do something silly. And that's it. The camera doesn't move. It just, and people wobble, wobble, dooba doo. And then like, you know, they fall down or whatever. Edgar Wright will be like, okay, when you say this word of this phrase, turn to your left. Then I'm going to turn the camera this way and then we're going to shoot it the reverse. Like he just he sets up jokes in his filmmaking and it pays off so much. 
like for instance, um, the real quick, the the Ramona in the movie when Ramona delivers the package to Scott and he yeah. grabs it and he just throws it over throws his shoulder it, yes. and it lands. They did that like 30, 40 times just to get that one shot, you know. You know, and you don't see that in movies. And there's uh, so many more examples that I like. I can't think off the top of my head, but like he like where where people will Dog, him jumping out the window when knives come to the door. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. that is the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but that's so, what I'm yes, talking about. Yeah, here, yes. yeah, man. He's just he's great for this property and this this kind of filmmaking. I can't wait to hear you nerd out more about Edgar Wright because I, I, you, you're bringing an element of openness I ain't even realized. So, Mark, I just want to quickly talk about this cast for this 2010 movie. For those of you who have not watched Scott Pilgrim, you probably know of Scott Pilgrim because it was this random movie that was like the infinity gauntlet of like what Hollywood would be the folks who would be running Hollywood like within the next 10 years. Like this cast was star studded, but like they weren't stars when this movie came out. So let me just name the cast. Sarah was probably the biggest star. He was the biggest star when this movie You stole my punchline, Mark. You stole my punchline. (laughs) I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to. (laughs) But I'll say here, I'm going to name all the people and what they're known for. But Mark just named it. Michael Sierra, at the time when this movie came out, was the biggest star out of all of them. So anyways, let's go. Michael Sierra was Scott Pilgrim. Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, who plays Ramona Fowers, she was known for, after this, The Thing, Cloverfield yep. Lane. Yep. She's essentially the sci-fi drama queen. Like, if you think of a sci-fi movie that came out in the past 10 years, she she's was, probably been in it. She's either been in it, or if she was in it, you would be like, oh, that makes sense. So she's sci-fi drama queen. Kieran Culkin, Macaulay's little brother, he's Wallace Wells. He was in Succession, arguably one of a the prominent best role. A prominent role in Succession, one of the best shows that came out in the past. I don't even know past like since the pandemic. So it, it's, yeah, it's a great show, and he he's great in it. It's not just like hey, I'm a, no, he is like doing some heavy lifting in that show. There you go. Anna Kendrick has a minor role as Scott's little sister. And she goes on after this to do Pitch Perfect. All the Pitch the Perfect whole friend and, and, and those trolls. troll movies. And trolls. She doesn't have to work a day in her life ever again. Like She can make <laughs> troll movies from now till when she's dead and gone. Her and Justin. <laughs> Y'all think Justin ain't been in movies because he's just like recording some heat? Justin ain't recording no heat. He's making stupid money from trolls. They found this lane through trolls, and they are riding that sucker out. Justin is so content in sinks back together. That is how comfortable <laughs> Justin Timberlake is. You know what I'm saying? So trolls is doing great, and Andrew's in it. And before they even got back together, he's like, we're going to get back together in this trolls movie, and then, <laughs> and then we can get back together in real life. He had a show, and he's like, don't ever tell me that I ain't put y'all on. I'm giving y'all some of this, y'all sweet, get this sweet troll money. This troll's money, dog. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, that's Andy Kendrick. This episode of Pop Cult Parent is brought to you by Black Nerd Coffee. Black Nerd Coffee was started by Elliot and Annie, two HBCU grads who became obsessed with making the perfect cup of coffee you can enjoy black, no cream or sugar. 
In their journey to create the perfect cup of coffee, they wanted to learn as much as they could and share that knowledge with their family, friends, and community. That desire to learn more became a delicious obsession. Over the years, they have enjoyed trying, celebrating, and sharing coffees from around the world. They believe that taking the time to make the perfect cup of coffee is an intentional and therapeutic form of self-care. I have to say, without a doubt, this is the best cup of coffee I've ever had at home, and I've been obsessed with this brand ever since. Want to check out Black Nerd Coffee yourself? Head to blacknerdcoffee.com and use the discount code POP20 to receive 20% off of any 12-ounce single-origin coffee. That's POP20, P-O-P-2-0, for 20% off any 12-ounce single-origin coffee. Brie Larson is in this movie. She plays Envy Adams. This woman is Captain Marvel. And she won an Oscar for The Room. And she she's in the movie for like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Allison Pill is uh, Kim Pine. She went on to do Star Trek Picard. She I, I can't ruin oh. it for you. But she's in Star Trek Picard and she plays an important role in Star Trek Picard. And she was in Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. She had like a dope... She was like one of the teachers in Snowpiercer. So... And of course, there's Aubrey Plaza, who was Julie Powers, who was, of course, in Parks and Rec. And like literally everything else. Everything. Literally everything else. (laughs) Uh, She was April in um, Parks and Rec, if people don't don't know. Yes, she was April in Parks and Rec. Mae Whitman is Roxy Richter. She was in Parenthood and she was in a bunch of voice acting stuff, including April in uh, the 3D Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Dang. I'm so she is like she's probably the the voice acting person after Tara Strong. Like and she's she had on a that show next year. Too. She had a show for a minute with what's her name who was in Mad Men and they would like forget what it was called. They had a, they were like moms, but they like robbed banks or something. Oh yeah, that was on NBC. That yeah. was after Parenthood ended. Yeah, she was yeah, in that yeah, show. Yeah. With the sister from Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, so Chris Evans plays Lucas Lee. You know Chris Evans. He's Captain America. He played (laughs) one of the first villains in this movie. (laughs) Brandon Roth, a whole Superman, was And Cyclops, right? Wasn't he Cyclops? He wasn't Cyclops. I thought he was Cyclops as well. I feel like you're stereotyping your white men. That's James Marsden. No. Oh man, I am stereotyping. You sure are. You sure are. I'm keeping it oh, in. is that what that feels like? <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping it in. I'm is that keeping what that it feels in. Like? Oh man, <laughs> they're all the, they all look the same. I'm confused. Brandon Roth and James Marsden. I'm keeping it is in. That Hugh Jackman. <laughs> it's like it's like Joe Biden. Oh, man, that's Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Wolverine's running for president. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Is that what that feels like? Oh yes. man. <laughs> last last cast character I'll, I'll name is Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman was the man and he still is the man after that. And I'm just gonna say Wes Anderson, in case you're wondering what movie he's been a part of. Just literally look at any Wes Anderson movie. I'm sure he's in there somewhere. He's, he's in, in there somewhere. He's doing something there. Anyways, bro, oh, that's man. the that's that's the cast of the movie. That's crazy, man. It and it, like I, I didn't mean to steal your thunder, but yeah, like at the time, Michael Sarah, he, you know, I mean, of course, he was known for Super Bad, but he was popping up in everything, you know, having movies here and there. And he 
He was the biggest draw. Let me ask you this, man, because I've I've contemplated this so much. Recasting this movie, I don't think I would change anybody. They they nailed it. They they look like their characters. I think they embody the who the characters are. I've always had this weird thing about Michael Sarah Scott Pilgrim. Now, that being said, I don't know back in 2009, 10, if anyone else on the scene could have done it. But I'm trying to be like, who else, if anyone? I, and, and the thing is, I, I think it's not that he doesn't nail Scott for me. I think he's and and I he comes he off a little too. Scott, not to interrupt you, Mark, but he doesn't nail Scott. He comes I mean, off a little too meek and like kind of like 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 worrisome. Yeah. Than I thought Scott was like in the books. But it still works. And I think he still works. Cause he's a so, he's a good actor. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you had to cast Michael Sierra for this role to get the draw that it did. He was this is that the height. Of his yeah. career, man. And this yeah. is probably one of the best things he's ever done. And the only thing is, it is the one character they did not nail in casting. Yeah. The one. Yeah. Everyone is copy and pasted. Wallace Wells, copy and pasted. Yes. Lucas Lee, copy and paste. Like it is identical. And they and they they don't change a thing. It's like I see this person in live action, except mm-hmm. for Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, might you 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 may not even had a choice. Like you had to go with with uh, Michael Sierra if you wanted this draw. The movie may not even have been as big if you picked anybody else. Now to your to your question of recasting, bro. I don't know. So so when you talk about Scott, you're talking about cocky, slightly arrogant, slightly obnoxious, but dumb, airhead, but with the heart. Yeah. He's like a, good, a good, but you're he rooting wants for him. to be a good guy, but he's like, he's a, he's just stupid. He's, yeah. he's, he's a waste of life, but he's a good person. He's a good person. And people are drawn to him. a lot of Luffy. Now that I'm thinking about it, a lot of Luffy. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> well, here's the thing. And I'm, I'm glad you said that. I just want to, because the Netflix show kind of did answer my question. When I started watching the Netflix show, I was like, you know what? I wonder if they're going to answer why Scott gets all this ass and why everyone is drawn to Scott because like he's kind of just a like a I can't think of the word not a, not not a scumbag but he's kind of just like that friend who's not really doing nothing doesn't have he's a aloof. job but some but somehow is always at the parties like like bumming rides but like it, it's but people still do it for him they still take care of him and give him stuff so I was like, I wonder if the show's gonna be like, I don't know, Scott is secretly rich, or he just like because with even with Ramona, it's like, why does she? What does she see in Scott? I, I still to this day don't really know what Ramona saw in Scott, and, you know. And so, yeah, it's just it's interesting that you have this loser character, but he's still we still want to root for him. Yep, yep, and that's one of the reasons why I I, I love this universe so much is because. <laughs> Scott is who he is, and despite his flaws, he's still a good guy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And the world's the world's still working for like his favor, even though he's like getting his stuff together. You know what? So I is? don't know who to I don't know who to cast for that. That's a hard. I, yeah, I don't. I don't hard, know. 
person to cast for. It's the best thing we could have gotten. And at the same time, someone else probably could have done a better job, but we just don't know who. You know who would have been like a good, like this, he's obviously too old to do it now. This is Matthew McConaughey. This is like, this is Ryan Reynolds. Now Ryan's too Ryan, funny. He's too like, he's too matter of like, like he's too in on the joke. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, you really joke. need just someone who's kind of, he's in everything. If he was really young, maybe, um, what's his name? Ant-Man could have did this. Paul Rudd. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, Paul Rudd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He probably yeah, could have is... nailed it, but he's yeah. just too old and he doesn't look like Scott. So, I mean, when you go Paul Rudd, then like when you think about the generation under that, funny enough, it's, the Jonah Hill, the Michael Sierra, like yeah. this is this is what like I don't know if there was another way to make this movie without him. Yeah, because Jonah Hill's too smart to play Scott Pilgrim. Like I don't know if he can play that dumb. I mean, we're just gonna get into like you know a little bit of everything because we're having trouble figuring out where to start. Right? Do we talk yeah. about the Netflix show? We talk about the movie. I will say this: the movie. Let's let's start there because I think. Before you and I read the books, I, I I remember hearing about the books, but I never read them. But I remember mm. the movie came out and it was just a random, I think it was like a random Saturday. I was at my first apartment I ever had. I mean, maybe Friday night afterwards. Yeah. It was one of those things. It was a random weekend. I, no, I think it was like a lazy Sunday situation. Where we're just, yeah. I was like, yo, you want to go see this movie called Scott Pilgrim? And you had no idea what it was about. I had no idea what it was about. I just like heard it well, was we out. saw the trailer. And we we're saw like, the that looks cool. <laughs> that looks fun. And and I dude, this is still one of my favorite movie going experiences because we were we were in there. There was not a lot of people in the movie theater. I think it was like you and me, and maybe like four other people. Yep. But then that that universal logo comes on, yep. but it's playing in the eight bit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> in the eight bit, like. You and I looked at each other. Bro, we, we both know. looked at each other. We're like, this is about to be a ride. It's, I'm about to kick my feet up. We about to have a good old time. <laughs> yeah. We Mark, we immediately knew this was gonna be a good movie. We're like, you made that sound to that part of the, the opening. Oh, you care. Oh, this is about it's gonna to be, be a good show. And and just like you know, the movie opens and, and I want to talk about the world of Scott Pilgrim real quick before we get it even further. This world is so cool because it's and you chime in if you think I'm going off track. It it's just it is a normal world, normal in quotation marks, until it's not. And what I mean by that, it is just a normal kind of like teen young adult drama, young kids living in the city, dealing with relationships and music, whatever, until people start fighting. And when they fight, the movie turns into an anime slash comic book slash video game. And not just any video game. It turns into a like super Nintendo 16-bit side-scroller fighting like super Street Fighter video game. It's Street Fighter. It turns into <laughs> Street Fighter. <laughs> it turns into Mortal Kombat 3. <laughs> yeah. Just 
randomly pull a weapon out at your convenience. And, <laughs> and there's no explanation for it at all. It's just this is what this is how the world works. When people start fighting, it turns into Street Fighter. So, Mark, this this is why I in case you were wondering, one of the reasons why I think we all love, but me in particular, loves the Scott Pilgrim universe is because they make it seem like O'Malley in particular, the author, he makes it seem like Toronto, specifically Toronto, <laughs> is a hybrid of a video it just happens here. anime world. It's just a it's a specific place in the world that just has different rules. Mm. <laughs> so it's like Toronto is like this this weird amalgamation of, yeah. of pop culture. And it's just this boring place in the north that all of a sudden, if you fight, it turns into a Street Fighter place. And you get coins at the end that you can spend yeah, real money yeah, on. Yeah. Now, when, and then when you kill people, when you beat them, they turn into coins. <laughs> like, what a, I remember you and I, when the first fight, because the movie is a slow burn in the beginning. So are the yeah. books, to be fair. The books yes. are a slow burn in the beginning. But after the mm -hmm. first fight, Scott beats this kid. And he turns to the coins, and <laughs> I'll give my concern that he had. He's like, ooh, coins. And he just yes. gets down. Kills it. <laughs> <making them up. laughs> yes. Yes. Mark, we were hooked after oh. that. Oh, we, we were, were in hooked. it, dog. <laughs> in it. And, and it's just like, I, I'll say this. After watching this Netflix show and going back and watching the movie, and we also played the game all and the We time also played too. the video game all the time. Which is amazing. Every interpretation of this property always nails it. I can't think of one interpretation of Scott Pilgrim that's not good or doesn't know, doesn't represent what Scott Pilgrim as a universe is. The when movie we, nails it. When the, we went back to read the Scott Pilgrim comics, because again, as you said earlier, we were introduced to Scott Pilgrim from the from the movie yeah when we went back to read the comics and by the way i'm going to say some like deep stuff here when we went back to read the comics we realized that like oh wow they nailed it in the movie yeah like the comics are better but like not by much by like a mill like like a little piece you can barely blink an eye on how like they're better because there's more you have more time to like figure things out and learn about these characters that's it but the movie was stellar and like it was stellar because what they nailed the story, they nailed the characters, they nailed the weird and awkward moments. They nailed everything about like what made Scott Pilgrim the book good. Yeah. And guess what? The anime did the exact same exact thing. Same thing. Exact I, same I, thing. I'm willing to say, tell me if I'm crazy now. I think Scott Pilgrim, the movie, Scott Pilgrim versus the world is the best adaptation ever made. When I'm talking about not not like the movie itself but from source material to on screen, I think it might be the best. And it's here's one here's reason one reason why I also say that because there are some big changes in the movie versus the books. But you know what? They make sense. They make so much like like uh when Scott fights the twins, I think in the books he fights the robot. He fights the robot. But in the movie, they do that, which I love that scene, the amp versus amp battle of the band scene mm -hmm. that just, I think, might work better than the robot fight in the book. Dog, yes, that's fantastic. <laughs> but I need to acknowledge the change that shows why Edgar Wright is a monster. 
Scott versus Nega Scott. Scott versus <laughs> Nega Scott. They use Michael Sierra in the best way. Just him having an awkward conversation with himself. And he's like, oh, we're just going to get some bagels later. I'll talk about that. Because in the book, they like they have a straight up fight, right? They have Scott a straight up fight. Yeah, bro. Yeah. They have yeah. a straight up fight. And Scott gets his ass kicked. <laughs> but in the <laughs> movie, it. it's just, it, they said it like Scott versus nigga Scott. And then the next scene, they're like, all right, I'll see you Tuesday. And they're like, what happened? He's like, oh, he's a good guy. We're just going to get brunch. And uh... <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> they use Michael Sierra in like the perfect way. And it's like, a, it's, it's, it's not a significant change, but it's a, it's a shift. Yeah, it's like when you we get introduced to Nega Scott is different. What happens during that is different, and they put it like at the end, and it's just uh, it's so yeah. perfect. It's so perfect, Mark. I just want to talk about this property as a whole because this property was important. Scott Pilgrim special me because it's centered around a group of twenty something year olds trying to figure out their lives, and we watch this as twenty something year olds trying to figure out our lives. So outside of coming to America, maybe Black Panther, I don't think I've ever seen another movie more than I've seen Scott Pilgrim. Like every time it was on, whether it's at my house or your house, (laughs) (laughs) I was watching it. It was my going to sleep movie for a good minute. And Mm. dog, when I say I have seen this movie more than like almost any movie, this includes Back to the Future. This includes The Dark Knight. This includes Spider-Verse. Like, I have seen, I this is my movie, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I love, and you know this, because I made <laughs> you sit and watch it with me. So, like, this movie is, like, super important to me. And this property is important to me. Mark, the reason I know about these comic books is because you gave it to me. It's one of the best, if not the best gift you ever gave me. It's, a, it's, it's the Scott Pilgrim books, and I read them. At least I make it a point to read them every two to three years. Yeah, I I always go. I find myself always going back to them. Like they're just they're good. The way they're drawn, it's just nice. It. I wish I could just have like pictures of or cells of of scenes in the comic book because it, it's just it, especially in color, it's just so nice and it like it it gets that atmosphere. It's like it really gets that like I'm a twenty something. Figuring out, shooting the shit with my friends. Just, I got kind of nothing to do today, but I should be doing something, to, you know? But what you said about this movie meaning something to you, I want to get into that too. Because I think we, maybe not on this show, but we've talked about how, well, I'll say I'm kind of proud of like young bl- black youth nowadays for one reason. Yep. I think there is this acceptance of like, we, are all different. We are like one people, but we're all different. You like anime, if you like rock music, if you like you like hip hop, but you also like to watch NASCAR racing. Who cares? Like it like do you do you right? Yep. That there's this this attitude of do you do you among black youth now that I don't think we had growing up. But for some reason this movie gave me like not like permission, but it, it it helped me be like, yo, I'm, it's cool. I can like these things. I can do these things. I can be a part of this culture and this culture and like it, whatever. You know what I mean? And like, I don't know what it is about Scott Pilgrim that like kind of brought that out of me, but it, it made me more 
I don't know if willing is the right word. I wasn't afraid to show like certain sides of myself to people after watching this. Can I throw an idea out there, Mark? Because mind you, this is 2010. So Iron Man had just came out. Dark Knight just came out. Mm. We were on the surge of something. Like yeah. the society was turning a corner when it was coming yeah. out to some typical nerd stuff. I think why Scott Pilgrim kind of opened up the doors to allow us and then us in particular to kind of just like move around the world a little different and be a little bit more vocal about yeah. our nerdship is because Scott Pilgrim did well. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the books did well. The yeah. movie did well. And you see all these actors from this movie became stars afterwards. Like it kind of like the fact that a movie like this that had nerd topics like this did that well, it kind of just seemed like society yeah. was more welcoming of of nerddom and black, you know, just like black folks being like, yeah, I like this. I'm, yeah. I'm cool with it. And just like being like, okay, the world's accepting this. That's what's up. So yeah, and 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 to get into the like the properties and I mean, let's just get into what what did you think about the Netflix show? Mark, I it was like I was happy to be back. I was happy to be back. I was like, the the, the band is back together, pun intended. <laughs> and it was like riding a bike. I like, you know, the cool thing about Scott Pilgrim is I don't come in with that much expectations. I'm kind of just like, I just want to see them again. I yeah. just want to hear them again. Yeah. And I got everything I wanted. Mm. Was it better than the movie? No. Was it better than the Interesting. Uh, was it better than the um than the comics? It's different. It's different. It's different. But what I love about this, Mark, and I'm very curious on how you felt about this. I legit thought this whole time when Netflix was making this, they were just going to take the comics and they were going to make it animated. And you know what? Yeah. That was enough for me. That was, <laughs> was going to be enough, enough for, for me. me. Too. <laughs> That's enough for me. I'm I've seen sorry. all this before hundreds of times, but keep it coming, baby. Keep it coming. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'll make two changes. I don't care. Like, I'm fine with it. That's not what we got. No, and no. There were no hints. There was, like, nothing leading up to it to make me realize, like, oh, this is going to be the same story, from, but from a different perspective. If they made, like, it was like a Watchmen. They did a Watchmen. They, they did, did. like, an alternate universe. And it's like, I was not expecting that. I had no idea what was coming. And so after the first episode, and funny enough, Mark, I'm sure you you realized that I had not finished the first episode because you're like, oh, you're not, you haven't, you're not done yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> you kept it moving. You're like, oh, you, you haven't finished watching it. Okay, because you knew after I finished watching the first episode, I was like, oh, well, yeah, huh, yeah, I'm gonna have to and, watch all of this. And spoiler alert. So the the difference is in the Netflix show, Scott kind of takes a backseat role. And Ramona and other Ramona, let's say Ramona and the the evil exes. Yep. Because in this universe, let's, let's establish that we haven't established that in this universe. Scott Pilgrim, our main character, he's twenty three years old and he's dating a seventeen year old. <laughs> yep. He yep. meets this new girl, this new mystery girl named Ramona. They end up going out, and she has evil exes, a league of evil league exes of that he has to exes. fight. Seven evil exes. And the comic is like him fighting an ex, dealing with Ramona, dealing with life, finding another ex. So in the new show on Netflix, it's pretty much the same beat for beat. There's some minor changes, 
I wonder why. Like the 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 Pac-Man joke when he first meets Ramona, he talks about Sonic. I thought that was it. That was a nice little. He's like, yeah, the same guy played two different versions of the character, like like I'm doing right now, voicing Scott Pilgrim. Yes. But uh, <laughs> it's pretty much beat for beat until that first X fight, and the X beats Scott. And as far as we know, Scott's dead. And now and then, but... Matthew Patel, who is the first X, is a very minor character. Minor. In all of this. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, for him to win the fight, number one, let alone have a prominent role in the rest of the show, is shocking. Yeah. But anyways, Mark, sorry yeah. to interrupt you. Please no, no, continue. no, no. And so it goes into Ramona, and she's trying to find out what happened to Scott, and it, and all the other people, all the other band members, um, Young Neil, Knives, yeah. Kim, we dive dive more with them, and not only that, we learn more about the exes, and they get like like story arcs and stuff like that. I have my own theory why this is was done, not even theory, but just guess. But why do you think Netflix decided to go this route? I think because my assumption is Brian Leo Malley was like, I don't want to make like a, I don't, I'm not interested in like putting in time to like just retell the story and i'm not interested i definitely don't want to make like a continuation of the story and somebody must have said like well why don't we just tell the same story but from a different perspective and that's what motivated him to do the to do the story that's my assumption because like there's i think you're right yeah okay yeah i think you're right i think that but also it was a different time when Scott and the, the I don't I don't find Scott Pilgrim problematic at all, right? Mm. Well, let me take that back. Him He's dating knives, him dating knives is really problematic. Yeah, <laughs> Even though they but it just shows him being dumb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he says I don't know what he says. He's like, "You're dating a 17 year old Scott." He's like, "Well, we've only held hands or something like that." So that's problematic, right? But other than that, I don't think the movie's problematic. It ages pretty well. But I don't think in this day and age you get a protagonist like Scott anymore. Just like this kind of like loser that like you know I don't I don't think people want a protagonist like that anymore. And so and and not to like it reeks steer, with white privilege. It does, and not to steer the ship this way, but like people, like, ooh, go, you went woke. Not necessarily. You just gave Ramona more agency in this in this movie, and then. In return, like we learn more about the exes, and I, I don't know, I, I liked it. I, I was a little I, like, I would argue it rewards the fans because we don't know jack about Ramona. We don't. We've we've a movie and a book series and a video game, video game and we still don't know nothing. And about And we Ramona. still didn't know jack about Ramona. This gave us the most we've ever gotten from Ramona. We still don't it know did. much. <laughs> we still yeah, don't know we much. still don't know a lot. But we um, learned just like how she moves, how she thinks. Yeah. And with the exes, we like it was dope diving into their backstories. Like yeah. that was really cool. And seeing how they felt life, like their lives after Ramona. Now that you're mentioning it, damn, that's dope, man. But like, it's funny just, with the exes, I love, you know, when when the difference so Scott loses to Patel. Patel then challenges Gideon, the leader of the ex exes, to a fight. He wins. And he kind of disbands the exes. So it's like without this league, this like group to hate Ramona, they're all kind of like 
lost and and, mm-hmm. and kind of like directionless and they have to like figure out life it, it's pretty cool when i first watched this i did not know how to feel about it i was like i i, I kind of had a reverse way i feel about these disney live action movies I, I i don't care i'm not for any of these disney live action remakes and it's not because i'm like nostalgia purist i just think they don't hit and i don't think they're that good i just don't i had this reversal with this the movie just has so much energy and pacing and it's just so full of life that i felt like this animation couldn't capture the energy that this live action movie was giving me and so that was kind of like off-putting to me a little bit but then i like soaked it in and i watched a couple more episodes you know rewatched them i was like okay it's it's a different take. It's still Scott Pilgrim. It's still true blue Scott Pilgrim, but it's just a different take. But I, yeah. yeah, I don't think it's better than the movie, man. And that's that's funny to say because animation, you are limitless. You are limitless mm-hmm. to do whatever you want. But Edgar Wright is a master in his craft. Edgar dog. Wright's a beast. <laughs> I, I agree. I think the movie was better. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think the movie was better. Like, yeah. And I, yeah, Edgar Wright is a beast, but it was also just the time. Because like, the time of when this came out with the cast that they had to do what they did, they caught lightning in a bottle. And yeah. like, I would argue Edgar Wright, that's just what he does. Cause like, if you look at all his other movies there, he has the brother, the brother's pretty like low key Mark. He's a really good director. I think we need he to is. talk about him just being a really good director even more. But what I appreciate about you is like, he is a stand-up comedian who uses the art of film to tell his jokes. That is nasty. That's some like yeah. Robin Williams stuff right there. So yeah, it 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 is. It, he's not afraid to like. I I think you know he he's not afraid. Like yo, we're gonna film everything in this room to get this one scene, and it's this one little thing, but it's gonna like hit hard when people see it in the movie. But I gotta, you know, we're we're talking about animation. I'm a voiceover guy. You know, I gotta I gotta bring this up and. I'm glad the band's back together, right? I'm mm-hmm. I'm so glad everyone out of their busy schedules, all these Oscar winners and MCU vets had time for this little silly anime, right? I know where you're going. But it, it this proves it. Just because you are an actor doesn't mean you are a voice actor. Uh some of these guys are hitting. Some I think I think Chris Evans. He was my favorite part it. <laughs> in the first movie, and he's my favorite part of this story. Hey, Chris Evans know how to do voiceover. <laughs> he he might be fine just doing voice yeah, acting. He might be, I think there's he even like a joke. It. There's a joke where like uh, Lucas Lee is like, I can't even get an acting gig anymore. I just have to voiceover uh, cartoons or something like that. I'm like, yo, that could work, dog, because you're kind of killing it. <laughs> kind of killing it. You're doing great. <laughs> But um, yeah, like some people, like the 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 woman who plays Ramona, I don't think she was like yeah, really hitting it in this yeah. in this anime. I love Michael Audrey. Sierra, kind of did okay. I mean, yeah. he's Michael Sierra, but like, I was expecting more from Michael Sierra to be honest yeah. with you. He starts kind of weak, but I think when he goes into like the future and meets himself, he, he gets a little good. bit better. Audrey Plaza, is Plaza is that her name? Yeah, uh, Aubrey Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, Aubrey she, Plaza. She, that's great. She's good, but like I, I was like, man, it's just it's not it's like it, it's not there. It's it's almost mm. there. Like like it's 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 almost fitting that that puzzle piece. But but yeah, like I was like, and the same problem is with uh, I have with uh, Marvel's What If. 
I'm like, yo, just because these guys can act does not mean they can voice act. That is an art, Mm -hmm. you know? And, like, maybe it would have been better just to, like, cast this with, like, new people. But I I think everyone wanted to be here. You could tell. They wanted to be here. They tried their best. They they like this property. Yeah. And that's one thing I think. Yeah. Yeah. They really dig this probably. And know what? They probably like Edgar Wright, too. Yeah. Like, they're probably fans of him as well. Because they 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 signed up to be a part of this. Like, Mark, feel you. The nostalgia is why I enjoy these voice actors. But like, Kieran Culkin and Chris Evans killed it. They did. Everyone else, <laughs> everyone else, they showed up. Right? They showed everyone up. Everyone else did showed up. <laughs> everyone else. I, I would say May Whitman, who was probably the most seasoned voice actress out of everyone here, was okay. Yeah, and she kills it in most of her animated like career yeah but for yeah. this one i was like she doesn't seem like the most seasoned voice acting vet my thought is this though this is an anime and they did get like quality japanese voice actors to be a part of this so i wonder if you watch it in the japanese with like subtitles mm. if it hits different and that's something i i so I'll you know right what after this you so. know what's funny because i was looking at like the like the the sync and i was like you know some of these lip syncs seem a little off i wonder if that's intentional because if if and this is the pop call this is how like dope scott pilgrim is as a property when you play the video game it was a it was a downloadable game we had i had it on xbox 360 yeah so i don't know if y'all remember 16-bit side scrollers but nils you remember when like the code would break down in the game and like certain things in the background would start turning into like numbers yeah or they would just like kind of disappear that happens in the scott pilgrim video game and it, i remember this happened to us one time and i was so mad it freezes and glitches on purpose yes randomly we were pissed <laughs> we were because that would happen with super nintendo and sega it would just stop it would, like playing the music and, like, eh, and you're like what the? i was like it, Hey, yo, Mark, you know what's crazy, though? We legit thought it froze, not thinking that we were playing on an Xbox 360. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? Now I got to blow like, the cartridge. Oh, here we go again. We got to <laughs> blow, blow the cartridge out. But then, you know, when we thought about it, we had an appreciation. Like, yo, that's some, like, next-level dedication to your craft. That Like, we're going to make this downloadable streaming game freeze like it's a, it's like it's a cartridge game. And so I wondered that was intentional in this Netflix show that like the sync wasn't really on because it's supposed to be a Japanese sub first. I then think so. Uh, you know, <laughs> when I saw the Japanese cast, I was like, oh, that's where they made the investment. <laughs> <laughs> like they are, they made this for Japan, bro. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm curious because it was off. Some of the syncing was off and I was like, yo, this is, this is too high of quality. Yeah. Too big of names for them to intentionally have the sync be off. Unless it was like, oh, this is a 1990s anime. Yeah. And that's like, yeah, that would definitely be off. No shade uh, for for kids. Um, <laughs> just, <laughs> just just speaking facts. But uh, I mean, no, I, I I dug it, man. I think I think, you know, where it goes and it definitely sets it up for hopefully. Hopefully there's another. I kind of want more of this now. I'm interested to see where everyone's going. I I love Nega Scott is nice. Not Nega Scott. I'm sorry. Even older Scott. 
Yeah, I was, I was curious, Mark, how you felt about the 37 and 47 year old Mark. I found I found 37 year old Scott interesting. Like, uh-huh. I didn't know how I initially felt about him. I reflected a little bit and knowing the Scott that we know in the comics, it's not surprising that he'd end up like that. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, oh, one thing goes off in that relationship and he doesn't even fight for it like that. He's just kind of regresses back to Scott. Like this man got his life together. He did. And then got back with Ramona in the comics. Yeah. And then their the relationship got good. So like the first sign of like roughness in their like marriage and like Ramona does what Ramona does, which is run away. And Scott yeah. just like deflates and regresses and does they're some both dumb toxic. stuff. Yeah, they're both, <laughs> they're both toxic. And does some people. dumb stuff. Like go back in the past and try to like mess Stop up the himself he never from falling. Again. Yeah. Like, like that's some stuff that the comic book Scott would do. So like when I saw the 37 year old Scott, I was kind of, at first I was like, uh, I don't know how to feel about this. And then I was like, oh no, that's exactly what he would do. He, so yeah. That's that's the Scott that uh doesn't know how to act around um what's her name from Demon Head who covers his Oh Envy Adams, yeah. Yeah, who covers his head when anyone talks about his hair. Mm-hmm. You know, no, that he is that that is the 37-year-old Scott is a Scott from the comics. And then Ramona says, like, you didn't even fight. Like you, you, you didn't even come talk. Like he's like, oh, we could have got back together. Like I don't know, maybe, but you just left for ten years. Like <laughs> she was like, dude, no text, no phone call. <laughs> like, bro, you didn't talk to her for ten years, but you plotted yeah. for ten years. <laughs> yeah, fight no all the seven evil exes at once. No <laughs> bull. What's wrong with you, bro? No bull. I do. I do. It, it was a vegan, I- Mark. Yo, and he wouldn't be <laughs> so he could have vegan powers I, to take all the exes. I like that joke when when present Scott or young Scott goes into the future and he's talking to thirty seven year old Scott and he he meets the robot and he the robot lets him look into the past and so he's controlling the robot and it it's that fun little kind of like joke where the robot's like not really running anywhere but he's just running into the wall. And it looks like a video game. It's kind of like, wow, video games are awesome. I was like, that's yes. a nice little, <laughs> yes. little nod. But uh, that robot was a nice touch. I, I'm yeah. glad they gave the robot some time to shine. He got some shine. I'm surprised. What's her name? The uh, drummer girl with the robot arm isn't in this. Yeah, the Clash of but, Demon Head. Yeah, but you know, I guess if you're gonna go the route that they went. You know, they focused a lot on on they didn't even really focus on envy that much. You know what I'm saying? Like nah, they focused they a lot on the exes, like the actual exes. Envy sang a song at the funeral, and then Envy yes. was on the movie scene, and that was it for Envy. Envy has a whole book dedicated to her in she the does. original run. She does. And she's a significant part of the movie. I mean, like the the song that we all remember is her song in that movie. Can we can we talk about the the music real quick? Yeah, I think that's another reason why the movie's better. That soundtrack is so dope, and and I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, it's like it's an uphill battle. You can't like that movie soundtrack from when we first opened, and it's that long shot where where Nye's watching them play and they're playing. I think mm-hmm. it's called like Garbage Truck, mm-hmm. and then the scene where Envy starts playing Hello Again. Friend, friend of, of a friend. Hello again, friend of a friend. I knew you were 
I think that was another point you looked at each other and moved your So good. You're going to be so good. <laughs> oh, no. And then Threshold, which I think is my favorite song, the when they play in the Battle of the Bands. Oh, man. Nah, that Envy song is my favorite song. But I feel you, bro. That song is dope. <laughs> that song is dope. But that Envy song was hitting it, man. Like, people, I still go on YouTube to this day just to hear that song every now and then. No, it, that's a well-directed, like, scene, too. And and I, I could have watched. It's only, like, the first, like, 30 seconds of that song that they show in the movie. But, like, they could have spent the whole five minutes <laughs> and played that whole song. Because, like, Edgar Wright was killing on that joint. Yeah, man. You know, it, it's so funny revisiting this property, man. I just, there's one scene that, um, and I definitely looked at it differently. Not even differently. I just appreciated uh, Scott's reaction in the movie. The scene where he fights, who's the, the woman? The girl. Oh, Roxy? Roxy, right? Yeah. And it, he's like, you know, your evil ex-boyfriends and Roman's like exes. And he's like, why do you keep saying that? Roxy and Ramona were lovers, whatever. And then... <laughs> When Scott beats Roxy, I remember he he that's when they have that fight and he they kind of mm-hmm. like break up a little bit. I was like, why did they break up? Dog, I went back and looked at that. Yo, if I had a this is the what fourth ex yep. that my girl I had to fight, right? I'm just trying to live, right? And so like <laughs> these people are trying to kill me. So this is the fourth one. Not only did I kill this girl, I I killed her because I made her climax. To death by touching her knee. That would that would psychologically like mess me up. I would need a couple drinks. <laughs> yeah, he he leans in on the Michael Sierra on that. Point. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like oh, I don't know. And then I, I love yo this. when you go back. She's because Ramona tells him how to beat Roxy, and she's like the bag of her knee, and he touches it, and she like you know she's like she does her thing. When she's on the ground, she's like, "Y'all never make her feel like this." And like, yo, Michael Sierra is like, "What is going on?" He was. He does a real good job of that. He scene. was disturbed. Like, what the hell is happening? He was disturbed. He got a lot of information in a short amount of time. And he had to process all of that. Oh man, and there was a Not lot man. of coins too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I don't even know. If he, did he pick it up? I don't even know. If he no, it yeah, up. I think he left him there. He just, uh. just, <laughs> he's like, not today, not today. <laughs> but uh, no, man, I I enjoyed myself. It was refreshing to get back into Scott Pilgrim. Uh, no, man, Edgar Wright is is a genius. I could talk about that movie for hours. There, there are literal like, come on, Nels. He knocked the highlights out of her hair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they just so many good no the vegan police. Oh, and even back then, I forgot who are the two guys that play the vegan police, Thomas but Jane, like the future punisher. <laughs> yes, like heavy hitter actors for this yes. one little small part. But uh, I love I it always live in my head. Uh you had gelato. Gelato's not vegan, milk and eggs, bitch. bitch yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, a the movie was great. The movie yeah. was great. 
they don't even really explain vegan powers still to they this day. They still don't. I love it. I think in the in the anime, I'm pretty sure he still had his vegan powers, even though he was eating like cheese. Well, I guess you know what? They never show a go because as soon as he ate like a piece of green again, bam, he got his vegan powers again. Here's the thing: it 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 only went away in the in the sh- the comic in the movie because the vegan police came and took it away. Yeah, because he was like, "Isn't there a three strike system?" And they went mm-hmm. through all the things like uh, he's like chicken isn't vegan, <laughs> yeah. so mm-hmm. so it's I guess it's you have it until the vegan police come and take it away from you. Yo, another thing from the book compared to the movie, that Todd Ingram fight was intense in the book. Yes, that was like a half a book. Yeah, and he was whooping him. That was like that was a cell fight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that was like a big boss fight. I think that was the hardest fight besides the Gideon fight for uh Scott. Like he was Probably. going through it emotionally yeah. and physically. He's like, yo, dog, this is the antithesis of me. His name is Todd Ingram. I'm Scott Pilgrim. He has my ex-girl. He's a better bass player than me. He better looking at me. And he's a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> he's I, like, he's I, better than me in every way, shape, or form. I was a little disappointed because I wanted to see that in anime form. Because that that the Todd fight and versus Scott fight that as a work of cinematic art, just like the framing, how the, the lighting, you know, when he picks Todd up with his, not Todd, when he picks Scott up with his vegan powers. It, and then when, when he hits Scott through that wall and you can't see anything, but you start hearing the, the dun, 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 dun. And then bro, Edgar Wright is a monster. You see Scott playing the bass, but then the camera comes in, but then you see Todd's feet, float in front of the camera mm. because oh it's it's just so good and i'm sorry this netflix show was it 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 was punching up it it was it was ivan drago versus little rocky because like the movie just hit so hard Free russia it, training <laughs> <laughs> apollo creed versus ivan because yes. you know and, and i don't want to like say like that's oh what the, the movie's better but it's it's like it's the same reason why when you hear people be like oh well Korra is not as good as Avatar yeah well Avatar is one of the greatest shows ever made ever, so ever <laughs> like that doesn't mean Korra is yeah. bad <laughs> Korra had a tough job and it, it had a tough job <laughs> and it delivered but it wasn't gonna be one of the greatest shows yeah. ever come on <laughs> you know like come on set some realistic expectations <laughs> Oh man! Look, look, we 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 should probably wrap up because we shouldn't get anywhere close to Avatar talk. <laughs> <laughs> A whole other level. <sighs> well, Mark, any anything else you want to share about the Scott Pilgrim anime? I, I I want more. I I think there's the only thing that worries me is like these are very busy actors. Even even like the ones who aren't like superstars right now i mean they're all they're all a-listers for the most part but i don't know how you're gonna get these people to commit but that's also the good thing it being voice acting they probably can pay them a little less than it would for a live action appearance and it's like you can do this on your time at your house you just need to be in a recording studio so i would like more i'm gonna go back to the books Kind of makes me want a sequel series in the books. I mean, I'm good where Scott is. Mark, I don't think we're going to get any of that. Nah, nah. I think Brian O'Malley's done writing. He's definitely done writing Scott Pilgrim. 
Nah, man, but like good it this this show had good jokes too, man. Like like uh of course uh Lucas Lee when he's talking to I forgot he's talking to a leaguer and they're talking about him being an actor, he's like, I don't even read the scripts anymore. Off the dome. He's just like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, what are you talking it's about? Like, <laughs> it's like, is that why you said let's party the first five minutes of this other movie? <laughs> can't can't recall. <laughs> and then he got a drink and he was like, Let's party. <laughs> <laughs> young Chris Neil Evans killed this man. He Chris did, Evans dog. Killed it. He killed it, man. Young young Neil. I, I like seeing him having a bigger because he he was that funny background character in the movie, dog. Sure like, was. He, he, and you are now Neil. Neil. <laughs> he just holds his shoulders up. He just so it's proud. Like, oh. Oh. <laughs> Yo, and in the anime, they didn't even do that. They just called him yeah. old, old, old Neil. young Neil. Old young Neil. <laughs> hey, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you something, and I don't know if I'm like thinking too much into this. So in the in the anime before we wrap up, it I guess they established Kim Kim is a lesbian or or is at least dating a girl or something. Yeah, she's bi. Kim is curious. Yeah, she says she says that she says she's curious. She's curious. Um, so I think she's. I don't think she would give herself a title yet, but yeah. she's trying to figure out if she is because she thinks there's something there potentially there. So she's exploring it, which again, funny enough, similar to the book. And the movie, right? So like, the, yeah. she shows a little hints of like, oh, you know, I might, I might try it. So, yeah, it seems like a theme that they're they're pulling off of. When the show's ending and Kim and her date are at the coffee shop and Lucas Lee's working at the coffee shop, he says like, "Lucas Lee at your service," and Kim says, "Whatever," or something, and she leaves, and he's like, "Whatever," and he has this smile on his face. I don't know, was what like. Because there's a lot of that in Scott Pilgrim. There's a lot of where people just say things and they leave or just say random things. Do you think that means anything? Does Kim and Lucas have a future? Or... He said whatever because that's what he said when he saw that Ramona broke up with him and was making out with Todd Ingram. His reaction to seeing Ramona make out with Todd Ingram was whatever. Yeah. And just like, and like, you know, that's what, that's when Lucas Lee became Lucas Lee. Mm-hmm. So when okay. Kim said okay. whatever to him, he was like, yeah, whatever. He's like, actually, I have moved on. Like, I Got can you. actually okay. now say whatever because that's not a part of my identity anymore. Uh, see, man, so, so good. Yeah, not so good. But uh, yeah, I, I like the exes. I think Lucas and Gideon being friends, <laughs> being buddies is hilarious. Gideon's little backstory. Uh, yeah, I love Wow. Has a, what, co- what, a completely different name. Gordon. Gordon <laughs> Goose. And then, and then uh, well, once her name comes back, she's like, I've been gone for 90 effing minutes. <laughs> like, like, did all that stuff to the house. <laughs> yes. She was upset. <laughs> oh, man. No, nah, man. I loved it. I loved it. I, I will never miss an opportunity to watch, talk, play anything involving Scott Pilgrim. One of my probably favorite properties ever created. If it's not obvious, I feel the exact same way. Scott Pilgrim is near and dear to my heart. It will be for the rest of my life. I will gladly take any and every more different mediums to absorb Scott Pilgrim. Uh, but I'm pretty sure this is probably going to be one of the last ones that he does. Like he, I, I think he's 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 good off that. I would love for this to have as many seasons as possible. 
and they could do whatever they want. Like, go crazy. Be Rick and Morty. Go crazy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I don't know if Brian, Brian Lee O'Malley has said countless times that, like, Scott, he wrote Scott when he was in that point of his life, and he's now, like, 44. And so he's like, ah, I can't really I can't really talk tap about... into that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll, I, we'll we'll see, but you made me you made time. me think about something that I want to talk about real quick before we get out. When you said be Rick and Morty, I I I will say I think, and people don't understand what this what this was and what the property is. No one was really doing that. You know, now we get a lot of like, oh, this is a video game, or this is a like wink wink, isn't it like an anime? But like, no one was really leaning into that stuff, and mm-hmm. and. And this and Scott Pilgrim, the world just accepts this is what we are. So I, I would be I'd be willing to say like a lot of things that we enjoy in pop culture. Scott Pilgrim set the foundation. Like I don't know if we'd have like a Rick or Morty or like a like a what movie like a not in game, but just that kind of like splicing of genres and everything and everywhere all at once. Yeah, exactly. No. Scott Pilgrim walks so everything all, all at once could fly, jump, turn into dragons, whatever. You know, yeah, Mark, I remember 2010. I remember what life was like before 2010. I remember what the hell happened after 2010. <laughs> and I think the Nexus point, the Nexus event, yeah, was Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. I legit do. Like, you had this is supposed to be a niche pop culture movie that folks love, like. 10 years in the future. I'm talking like Buckaroo Banzai type stuff. Like mm-hmm. stuff that they're like, uh, no one better than I, but in like 10 years, folks will then accept that this was like actually an interesting piece of property. Yeah. This was immediate, immediate, a niche pop culture movie became an immediate hit. And it's I got like, a question wow. for you. So we are we have like now accepted this kind of like medium or kind of property in this in this society now. But what's your question? Do if it wasn't for Scott Pilgrim, do we get like Kamala Harris and like her type of uh show? Like, because isn't her show very comic booky and very like you mean Kamala Khan? Because yes, Kamala, Kamala Harris is our Harris. <laughs> Kamala Harris, is yeah. Without Scott friend. Pilgrim, there'd be no Kamala, <laughs> there'd be no Kamala. <laughs> <laughs> Hello again. Her, her and Joe are uh, the clash. I was like, why does he think Scott Pilgrim made it so? Kamala I'm a little talk though. I'm a little. Yeah, I was like, cook. maybe. <laughs> Let's see where he goes with this. Oh man. Oh, so stupid. Uh, I, I think we do. I think we do because you know, Crazy Rich Asians was a thing, and mm-hmm. I think it showed that there's money in like deep diving into cultures and societies. So I think with with the success of Crazy Rich Asians, you you're gonna feel a little bit more safe mm-hmm. to to go out on a, a limb and and do a Kamala Khan TV show. So, yeah, no, uh, no, you're right. Scott Pilgrim is the nexus, but we wouldn't have Marvel. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't know I don't, if Marvel would have gone this hard. Like, mind you, Disney didn't buy Marvel or like Marvel. Until after 2010, yeah, like the first two Iron Mans were Paramount. You know what I'm saying? So I like, think even the the Avenger movie was a Paramount joint. There actually. you go. But I I don't think you get something like you're not willing to try something like Deadpool unless like something like Scott Pilgrim exists. 
Yeah, man. So, man. I absolutely think so. So good. All right. Well, thank you, Mark, for nah, having you, us man. reflect on this uh, this amazing piece of property. And thank you, Pop Cult. Thank you for listening. We have a new episode every month. You can find us on all social media at Pop Cult Parent, P-O-P-C-U-L-T-P-A-R-E-N-T. Visit us at www.popcultparent.com. Email us at popcultparent at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate us, review, and subscribe. And as always, the cult. Peace. Peace.